Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. For every horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Corngut. I am a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Fear loves company, so pull up a chair and get lost in Dread TV, the new channel streaming horror movies 24-7 on Dread Central. So what are you waiting for? Dread TV is free. Tune in to dreadcentral.com slash dread-tv to start watching now, if you dare. Blast, blasters. Um, okay, so welcome everybody to a brand new episode of Development Hell. Today we have a very special episode. We are digging into the fourth and never made reanimator film entitled House of Reanimator. Today we have a very special returning guest judge. We have Jules Bruin. You may remember Jules from a number of episodes in the past. Uh, we did Jaws 3D. We did The Crooked Man. Jules, how's it going? Hi, it's good. Thanks for having me back. Oh my God. So for those who may not remember you, how I dare shall. they? But how can you reintroduce yourself to the Development How audience? Sure. So um, I'm Jules. I'm Josh's best friend for a very, very, very long time, like 13 years maybe mm-hmm. anyways uh, i am a counselor specializing in addictions mental health and trauma uh based out of toronto and i am not really a horror fan but am forced into the horror world due to josh <laughs> and what has that journey been like for you 
uh, I'm going to say up and down. Sometimes I love it. And then sometimes mm-hmm. it terrorizes me and I have nightmares for days and days. Um, but <laughs> gotta say reanimator was a fun campy ride. So yeah. So as I've mentioned earlier, today's episode is going to be featuring the fourth unmade reanimator film. So Jules, what's your general relationship with the reanimator movies before today? Had you heard of them? Had you seen them? What were they to you? So I kind of heard of it once in the the documentary um In Search uh, of Darkness. In Search of Darkness, thank you. Yes. So that's the only time I'd ever heard of them. And it, it I loved that documentary. Shout out to whoever did that. It was phenomenal. Um and I I wanted to see it because of that documentary. They made it seem really kind of gross and creepy and all that stuff, but that's all I've ever known of it. I've never watched it. Until now. Until today. In preparation for this episode, I did give you the homework of uh checking out the first reanimator film. Um so if you don't mind I might give you a little bit of backstory on where this uh the story for Reanimator came from. I would love that. Yeah, so it was originally written as a story by the author H.P. Lovecraft. Are you oh. familiar with the dude? Of course. I did not know this was an H.P. Lovecraft story. It is. What do you so what do you, what's your um What's your relationship or your impressions of what H.P. Lovecraft is? So I'm not a big H.P. Lovecraft person, obviously, because I'm not really a horror person. Um, but I know how renowned he is and how important he is to horror and all things sort of monster. But I also know that I think he's got some racism in him mm, and some mm-hmm, Nazi mm-hmm. stuff. So not so no, not so happy with that. I but yeah, about Nazi stuff. It could be, but not to my, the best of my knowledge, but definitely a racist. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. An interesting fellow. Racism. Aside. Yeah, it's hard to put racism aside. So Lovecraft is best known for the creation of what is known as the Cthulhu mythos. Right. Right. So if you've ever heard of Cthulhu, this is where it comes from. He is, H.P. Lovecraft is known for creating really frightening, uh, intangible, otherworldly, intergalactic Mm. evils. So Mm. evils that are so grandiose and so monstrous and so like on a different level that they're impossible to describe that they're impossible to comprehend and then a lot of the stories if people do end up comprehending these great monstrous monstrosities they would go insane because the human mind is just not built for this kind of stuff a lot of them have um evils that are deep in outer space in like the great unknown a lot of the other stuff sometimes take place in the depths of the ocean the big thing for hp lovecraft was the fear of the unknown and i think you kind of get itty bitty bits of that in um reanimator totally that's really cool because when i watched reanimator it felt like a just like a take on frankenstein it didn't but now sort of knowing that lens it kind of is a cooler add to the concepts well it's funny that you say that because hp lovecraft actually wrote reanimator or herbert west reanimator as the short story is titled as Mm. a satire on frankenstein in a way which makes me think he was probably just a woman hater and was like a woman wrote a good scary story how dare she miss shelley yeah it's just my impression of the situation yeah but his short story which is herbert west reanimator uh, came out in october of 1921 and then uh was released in subsequent issues uh until june 1922 so it was a serialized story a part of the amateur production or publication house homebrew 
And then, of course, it was the basis for the 1985 horror film Reanimator and its sequels. So, yeah, Reanimator was followed by two sequels. We had Bride of Reanimator five years later. And then in 2003, there was a sci-fi channel sequel known as, yeah, Beyond Reanimator. Oh. Yeah, so this is a franchise, hun. There's there's a lot going on in the world of the Reanimator. Before we get you know, into the weeds of the first film. Yes. I'm wondering, in, in your viewpoint as someone that watched it for the first time recently, what is it about? What would you say Reanimator <laughs> is? What What's the synopsis? Synopsis, as best as I can, yeah, is, yeah. you know, we start off at a teaching hospital and there's this, like, young, plucky, going-to-be doctor <laughs> who is dating the dean's daughter. But he's really great and has a lot of potential. So it's like, okay. Um, But one of the teachers there is like kind of a bad old man who like has very, like thinks he's like God basically. And then, or like he's the best doctor ever. And then a new guy comes from, he was doing like some tests in Switzerland and he comes there to be a student, but he already has lots of ideas and he's like fighting all the doctors. Like, no, you actually don't know what's going on. And it turns out he's doing that because he's created a serum that can reanimate dead people. So mm-hmm. he then reanimates dead cats to show people like, look, it can reanimate. And this young plucky doctor and him, which is his name's Mr. West, get together and they then they try to reanimate humans. That's a mistake because when they reanimate humans, they're crazy and that's a bad word. They're wild and <laughs> wanting to eat, beat you up and kill you. Yeah. Um, and and horror ensues. And that's the <laughs> Jules, that's pretty damn good, actually, Thanks. I have to say. Yeah, I think you did a great job. So or- originally it was devised to be a stage show by Stuart Gordon, who did direct the film. It didn't end up really going down that way. And later it was developed into a half-hour television pilot. The script for that half-hour television pilot was sort of reworked and did become this feature film. So Reanimator was the first collaboration between director Stuart Gordon and actor Jeffrey Combs. They would also go on to create and release From Beyond, a film that was released about a year later in 1986. So this quickly became a cult classic. You can't really go far in the world of horror without sort of jumping into the topic of reanimator. Okay. So you said you heard it, you heard about it for the first time watching in search of darkness or was it the first time you like saw bits and pieces of it? No, I'd never heard of it before. You'd never heard of it before. Or, or it's possible you've talked about it and I just didn't even like take it in, but I Yeah. yeah. Your horror experience is narrowed a little bit to your friends that like yes. horror because that's where you're like that's where it's being forced on you from. Yes, and this isn't one. I think I might have been late to the game to Reanimator. I think I may have seen it a little bit later in life, so I was never like obsessed with it. If I had seen it when I was younger, maybe that would have happened. So this first film released October eighteenth, nineteen eighty five, grossed uh, about two million dollars in North America. And its budget was, I think, like under a million. So it did did quite well. It was this indie horror phenomenon and developed pretty soon into a cult classic. It stars Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West, who you probably could have guessed I've got got it for. This is, he's truly my type. 
I, I knew you would be in love with him, but I even thought he was hot. And I'm not really into your type. Yeah, see, you sent me you sent me a little thing being like, oh, he's so hot. And I really thought you were just like... Uh, no, no, I really thought he was hot. Really? I so did. You, so we would all agree that... Because I don't know if my listeners know what my type is. But oh. would, would, would you say this falls into the category of my typical type? Exactly your typical type. So what is my typical type, like, would you say? Like pretty, nerdy, brown hair. Think Tobey Maguire. Think... Um, <laughs> Harry Potter, what's his real name? Oh Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, all those, Elijah Wood, like these are Yeah, the they have a certain kind of floopy, floppy brown yes. hair. Floopy brown hair. And glasses. You like a glasses moment. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah, like these sort of like, pr- not pretty, but I don't know what to say. I like, just call them these pale pretty. Or, I don't know, there's something about no, I Tired, like, maybe. Tired is probably a better yeah. Travel, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, like just like they look like they've been it's, smoking too much and they haven't been sleeping enough. Because they've seen something, you know. Yeah, fairly recently. They've seen yeah, something recently and then it didn't go well for them. No. Yeah, so definitely in love with uh Mr. Herbert West, mm-hmm. problematic babe. And this film also happens to star Bruce Abbott. So Bruce plays uh, Dr. Dan Kane, who you were talking, the sort of plucky up-and-comer mm-hmm. who gets mm-hmm. thrust into this world of... Yeah, so Paul... Uh, sorry, Bruce Paul Abbott is, I think, mostly known for doing these these horror films. So he was in this one, he was in the sequel, and I believe he was also in Beyond, which was the follow-up with the same team. And I then the last like Bruce uh-huh. Campbell, which I thought was kind of interesting. I don't know. I like saw he, he looked like Bruce Campbell. I thought he looked a little bit like him. I don't know. Like a young That's Bruce weird. Campbell. Okay, whatever. Fine. Yeah, I guess okay. young Bruce Campbell was like strapping and yeah. very leading. Like jaw, young man. really big jaw. I don't know. There was similarity to me, but anyways. He this guy was a little too pretty mm, for, mm-hmm. for Bruce Campbell, in my opinion. But I like the comparison. Yeah. Um, same first name. Yeah. And then the third noteworthy star i would say is barbara crampton Mm -hmm. so barbara crampton came up as a bit of a scream queen in the 80s she starred in reanimator she's in a tons and tons of horror movies um she's in your favorite uh um chopping mall (laughs) um a classic and then she's also had a bit of a resurgence more than a bit of a resurgence in the horror world over the last 10 years starting with her supporting role in what's you're next your oh, good job jules I googled it <laughs> you googled it I googled her because i was like how do i know her because and then i realized she's in like a million things but also, she's, she's like a big cultural icon like right now well, in the horror world she's she's really active right now shout she's, out to my brother hendrick uh he was over while i was watching it and um i was like this girl's so familiar and he was so offended that i didn't know who she was because he was like <laughs> You need to know her. She's like a horror queen. She's the horror queen for sure. And she still looks so incredible. And she is just blindingly beautiful oh, in this movie. Stunning in this movie. Yeah. I do think she had some regrets surrounding this performance. <laughs> and I can imagine why. Around like having a disembodied head. Like suck on, on your face. boob. Yeah. It, she was exploited in this film. Yeah. Outright. And she didn't return for the sequel. Can't imagine Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yeah. So as I mentioned, according to his letters, Lovecraft wrote the story as a parody of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, And there are numerous references to Frankenstein throughout, Mm. um, as well as 
hints of poetry of uh, Samuel Taylor Coleridge, which was what Shelley was known to do in her story. How did you feel walking away from this film? So I, I will say the one thing that I want to know is like, was it deliberately silly? Like no. it, no. Um, okay. okay. You know what? I can't say that. I can't say that. Maybe I'm, maybe yes. I don't it, know. It felt I don't like know. so cuckoo town banana pants that I felt like it had to be, was it winking? Like, you know, when, when like at the very end when like all he has all these like zombie people and like then the guts are like strangling him. I was like, this is like beyond like, yeah, it, 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 you're right. It is very, like, it is very heightened. And in the very first scene, where it's like a cold open. We don't understand what's going on. And, and he he's, it looks like he's killed maybe his professor. And they said, what have you done? You've killed him. And he said, no, I gave him life. Yes. <laughs> and then it snaps into the credits. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm here for this movie. I, maybe it is height, like maybe it is supposed to be heightened or, or kind of campy based on some of these things that we're talking about now. Because it is wacky. Yeah, like the performances even to me were like so over the top. That's why I said it was kind of soapy because, you know, it felt like they were being so like, I don't know, like like every time the 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 bad, the really bad guy was like, I don't know if he was like hypnotizing people or something, but he was like, you should be afraid. Like it was so ridiculously over the top. I don't know. It's kind of like Hammer Horror-esque, you know, it's like very big, very theatrical. I don't know. I think it's probably a combo of... Sure. It being very low budget, it being 1985, yeah. it being the genre. But I think you're, I think maybe you're right. I think there is some self-aware elements to it all. I found it very silly and in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, I felt like I was laughing with it, but. Um, uh, but was it laughing? This is, this is the question. I was laughing. I laughed out loud. Like, even there was one quote where he said, when he was like, you killed my cat. Like, you could have left me a note. And he was sort of like, what would I say? Cat's dead details Talk. later yeah that's <laughs> a really that funny line really weird i felt really bad for barbara cranton's character megan in that sequence yeah. so there's a scene where um herbert west shows up to uh dan kane's house looking to rent a room mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. dan kane's girlfriend megan barbara crampton is there and is clearly giving him the signals being like don't just mm-hmm. accept this guy mm-hmm. Like he's so weird, he's gonna kill your cat. Like, yeah. give it, a, give it a think. And of course, the fucking guy is just like, "Well, I can't listen to my girlfriend. Here, give me your money. You're in." And I was like, "Wow." <laughs> First of all, like, was it that easy? Because you see this in movies all the time, where like, if you're renting an apartment in the '80s or in the '70s, it was very easy. I, I, there's no first and last. There's no. There's like, yeah. There's no day. checking. Nothing. And, and from what my mom. And my dad have both told me because they were renting in Toronto in the 80s. Uh-huh. It was apparently harder back then. Like you were, it was common practice to um, like bribe, to like give people extra Ooh. money to like secure apartments. Like it was just what you had to do. That's really funny. So this is not how it was, I don't think. But yeah, that you know. makes sense because honestly, like it felt ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't I remember good. I had my when I once got an apartment, like a landlord wanted to check my bank to confirm that I didn't have any like NSFs. What are NSFs? And like not enough funds or whatever. No. Oh, no. I mean and that seems a little invasive, but I know exactly. But I wanted the apartment, so I <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want the apartment, you got to get the apartment. Yeah. 
Um, and that's exactly what happened here. Mr. West really wanted the apartment. He says, I'm yeah. going to be quiet. I'm not going to get in your way. I won't kill your cat. And so <laughs> I love Rufus. I had a cat named Rufus when I was a little kid, and it felt very connected to the cat. Oh, yeah. The cat's name was Rufus. And I was yeah. confused the whole time. I was like, that is a dog's name. That is not a cat's name. But <laughs> go off. But go apparently off. I was wrong. You do did I have did. a cat named Rufus. I did. So. I really did. What the fuck do I know? Um, what did we think of Mr. Jeffrey Combs in the role of Herbert West? How did how did you feel about it? So I thought he was like so much fun. Like I I loved him in the role. I thought he was, but again, I thought he was incredibly silly. I mm-hmm. thought he was like really over the top. So again, like if they were going for serious, I'm supposed to be scared. Not a great job. But if they're going for campy, winky '80s horror, on the money. Yeah. And so do you have a theory of which they were trying to go for? I really thought it was supposed to be campy because just how even I loved even. Oh, my God. I I think Herbert West was like such a great character, too. When he like hits him across the back and he's like plagiarizer. Like he's (laughs) He's such a little freak. Yeah. I just thought. Dirty little freak. Yeah. yeah, um, You're getting into it. Uh, No, just kidding. Whoa, (laughs) I am. That did just happen. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, He's fine. And and even the like, yeah, like the disembodied head, like gonna eat her pussy was like, sorry, can I say that word? I think you can. Okay, well, I did it. Um, like was 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 the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, the director and the writer had to be like giggling backstage. I, I you just could not get it. We will get into that ending sequence at some point, but like you could not do that today. I I was so into. I I forgot about that scene and then i got to it and i was like oh god jules is not gonna appreciate this no i gotta (laughs) say and nor should you it's nothing to be appreciated that poor and she must have been topless for hours she was probably so cold hours yeah it was like a cold room you know and um (laughs) (laughs) i i also another reason why i think it's campy but maybe this is just like a me thing is Megan is the character's name, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Keeps calling her father daddy, which I already, I hate any adults that calls their father daddy. Like, it brings up stuff It's weird. Me. Yeah. And she would say it, like, daddy, daddy, no. Daddy, 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 please. I was like, this is, has to be on. Like, why? I saying- think in the 80s, it was more of a thing. Because I, I have lots, and as you say that, like, I can think of tons of horror movies that do the same thing. Okay. Of, of okay, people sure. calling their father, like, their older father's daddy. In oh, these movies, about- I, I want to argue and say it maybe have been more of a thing at the time, but okay. also this movie was gross, so I don't oh, know. Yeah, the creep factor of the saying "daddy" too much was like, I don't know. Like, daddy, daddy will understand. I'll just tell daddy; he'll understand. Oh, she was yeah. not. Let's get into her now. So yeah. Barbara Crampton in the role of Megan Halsey. I would not say this was the most active a female character has ever been in the history of horror. What do you think about that? No, it's not. We're not, we're not passing any Bechdel tests here. No. Oh, absolutely not. She was extremely passive, always in trouble. Always in peril. Never able to do anything sort of for herself. And and always kind of stupid. Like everything was just too scary for her. Even when she went to like see her father, when he was like, she went inside and she just went like, oh, 
and the and then like he the doctor had to be like he's been lobotomized i was like man she doesn't know anything she can't even like the, just mm-hmm. not, I don't know. yeah and when and when her father gets turned into a bit of a zombie mm-hmm. and the other and, and the man that's wa- trying to treat him before he lobotomizes him is like yes. this is yes. what we're gonna do with the brain and she's like i don't want to know just yes take him away yeah exactly yeah, but like I don't want. I don't want to even know. Like she just was such a. I felt bad. It, it was such a bad character. Obviously, this was like so written and directed by men. They were just like, we just need a pair of tits to be around. Yes. You know, that's what it felt like. Yes, and they got more than that. They got an icon in the making, yeah. but they they definitely did not. They did not show her justice. Utilize her? Film. No, not at all. Not at all. Um. Just too bad because it was such an interesting movie, and if they had done more with her, it could have been like even even better. Well, and I was kind of excited because at the beginning, with the whole cat and whatever, she walked in on the cat coming back to life. So I thought she was going to be a part of this somehow. I yeah. thought she was going to be kind of the moral compass to these doctors. Yeah, so I was like kind of ooh intrigued, and then it was like nope, nope, she's just like around like. Or bring her into the fold. Like, she can help. Like, That's she can I help mean. with the experiments That's and, like, help you do. kill people and, like, bring her in. Oh, but no, they couldn't. But you know what? Why would you? Because I have a theory that uh, Dan and Herbert had a thing going on. Oh, um, no. Well, I don't. It's not a real theory. But why don't we okay. get into the character of Dan Kane? So would you say that Dan Kane or Dr. Dan Kane was oh. the protagonist of this film? Is he? Uh, I think, mm, I think so. Even though, oh, I don't know, because Howard West is that Howard Herbert. Um, Herbert, thank you, sorry, Herbert West was uh, the the smart one, and also when the antagonist is doing really antagonisty things, it's more to to West than to the other guy. I kind of feel like West is also a bit of the antagonist, but at the same time, he's. He's very proactive and making things happen. Yeah, so. I thought he was kind of, but I, I see I thought I thought it was like a, a switcheroo. Like you thought he was gonna be the antagonist, and then actually he's like uh, he, he he takes the reins himself. Yeah. Um he's very dev- he's very decisive. He like gets what he needs to get done. I don't understand uh, completely why Dan goes along with it. Why do why do you think it is? Like why do you I think, think he so quickly gets Dan to come along for the ride? This, if this was real this like serum you could you could like by testing it even more you could save lives oh yeah and and these are doctors like dan yeah. i think i think was he's was it dan does he like try to save someone too much and the doctor's like a good doctor knows when to give up yes that's, a, that's one of the first scenes it's one and of the first scenes yeah dan does the right thing by going to the dean and being like he's discovered this thing and i've seen it it really works and we should explore it and the dean's like you're crazy and can't be with my daughter you know um yeah. so i think he was like you know he was really trying to do the good of this reanimation yeah Ooh. well i think you're trying to maybe they're trying to show like two sort of opposite ends of the spectrum here you have one man who like all he cares about is saving people and helping people and like using his powers for good and that's why he's interested in the serum and then on the other hand you have someone that's really like driven and and passionate about like science at at, you know and willing to put people in danger for the sake of progress that's right and sort of they they both come at it from two very different perspectives but they wanted enough to sort of pursue it together yeah. I felt like there was some subtextual, non-on-purpose uh, 
uh, homosexual I, um, dynamics. I, I did not feel that, but now that you say it, I totally get it. Even uh, or sorry, especially with the whole um, Megan hating him. Yeah. And being like, I don't like yeah. her. the jealousy. I don't want him around. He makes my skin crawl, like all that kind of yeah. stuff. Like yeah. that, if there is a gay subtext, I would totally get that even more. Oh, there's a scene where um, he, the first person, I forget the name, but they, the first corpse that they bring back to life breaks down a door and accidentally kills mm-hmm. or almost kills her, her father. Oh, he does kill him. He does, yeah, but I don't think that's what kills him. I think he oh, right. then attacks him more and more. And oh, yes, you're right. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, in the process of that older man getting murdered, like uh, Doctor Dan and Doctor Herbert are like kind of collapsed onto each other, and like <laughs> they're holding each other, and they're like very intimate. Do you remember oh, this at all? I I do, but I didn't notice that, and I I wasn't. I guess I wasn't like looking good enough. And they're like so quick to sort of um, go all go all in together, uh, and to like, murder uh, together, and to try to save people. I don't know. It happened so quickly. And also, for someone that's creepy, which Herbert West is, they were very quick to make creepy people in this movie be creepy towards women. And there was yes. not an instance where he was creepy towards her. In fact, he just hated her. He was just like, get out of my room. He, You're he thought she annoying. was useless. And, she, yeah. and, and, and to she be was. fair, she was in the movie, right? She was useless. But you're yeah. totally right. Like, the other creepy guy was like, she's so beautiful. She's aged so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. He needed to go. <laughs> he needed to go. I thought he was really scary. Do you remember the name of this doctor? Should I look it up really quick? Look it up because I don't remember at all. But I will say, did he have power of hypnosis? Because it twice looked like he was hypnotizing people. The 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 doctor, the 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 really bad doctor, because like the teacher doctor, yeah. Because at first he was like with um the dean, and the dean was like, no, no, like he's a fine boy, no, no, like he's a really up like plucky youngster or whatever and then he like there was like this big scene just on his face where his eyes are really wide and he's like he's dangerous he will hurt your daughter oh i don't remember but you're probably right and then another time he did it with with um mr west he was like you will give me this (laughs) you will give me this um you uh, you will be my assistant and i will take credit and then like he starts crying because he's like gonna do it and then he kills him see i don't agree i i think that he just knew that it was he was being blackmailed in that second situation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you can either give me complete credit for all this or you're going to jail. Okay, so his, his name is, in real life, David Gale, and he plays Dr. Carl Hill. Dr. Carl Hill, I think, does become sort of the antagonistic monster in this movie. Yeah. He is the famous or very iconic like head on a tray. <laughs> like that's kind of what he's known for. And oh it's, yeah, like, yeah, fabulous. A yeah. famous part of the poster, and I think he, he's like genuinely pretty scary as a severed head in moments. Yeah, but the though, performance is like fairly chilling. It is chilling, but then there's moments of like real goofiness where the body's yeah. like getting hitting a wall and stuff. Yeah, or, yeah, and <laughs> definitely. But like, there are moments where he's like so pissed and just like so yeah. full of anger i don't know he freaks me out and then that character is in the second one and the second one i did i have seen and i rewatched for this uh, definitely a low like not 
at the same bar as the first. Okay. But he's scary in that too. There's just I, the guy Wait, really brings it, David. Is Gale. he a disembodied head again in the second I, one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe, yes. Um, so thank you, David Gale. Um, I saw that his name was David Gale and I got kind of confused because my mm-hmm. grandmother was on a reality cooking show in like the late nineties in Canada called Loving yeah. Spoonfuls. And I remember the host of that show, his name was David Gale. And I was like, Whoa. could it be the same man? It was not the same. I man. know. I don't think so. That but, would be a real fall from grace for him. Not well, that. I don't know a Canadian actor that did this like weird thing in the nineties, having done this one weird horror movie in the eighties. It could have been true and for folks not just your grandmother was in it josh also <gasps> starring oh my god so yeah if you go on to uh prime video and look up loving spoonfuls it is my first and the guy was weirdly flirting with your grandmother it's very uncomfortable yeah and he's very gay too so i think that was just oh. sort of his move i think it was like his like so yeah it was his thing i don't yeah. know i mean do it do whatever you want you're an adult um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so as it progresses did you ever did you ever feel scared watching this film no way. i'm gonna go with that you know what i i felt like creeped out when he sculled uh, like capped that guy in the in the teaching that, like gross me out Capped. sorry <laughs> scalped is what i meant to say oh, capped is better capped him. and that yeah. was like just in like the classroom right that was just, yeah that freaks like, out gross like, in class. me i will say and i i felt very unnerved with the the head sucking on the tits but that was probably for not that was heinous scared. yeah it was just from being like heinous and the anus which yeah i've was... been told i can't say what do you think <laughs> the anus it sounds like a weird like fissure in your butt um a fissure you know like it's a cut it's like a little cut oh i wish you hadn't said that yeah sorry (laughs) um i thought you meant like a fisherman's friend oh that sounds spicy (laughs) or like the fisherman from i know what you did last summer oh yeah i know you did last summer the tv show right now i do but i haven't watched it yeah I've only seen one episode and like it, but our, oh. our, our co-friend, Samantha, is really into it. Um, oh. I'm just mad that there's no fisherman in it. No. What? There has to be a fisherman in it. I don't, I don't know. I've not seen very much of it, but to what I understand, there kind of isn't. It's just like me out. teens being scared. And sexy, probably? Yeah, I would say so, too. But to I have read the book, and to what I recall, the book is not really a slasher, either. That was kind of just something that happened for the 90s movie, so... Oh, okay. Maybe that's how it's supposed to be. So, yeah, there was supposed to be a number of unmade sequels to this over the years, including what we're going to talk about today, which is House of Reanimator. But there was also going to be another fourth in development by the name of Island of Reanimator, which was going to sort of have a an Island of Dr. Moreau sort of inspiration energy. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Because that Before movie we- was wild. <laughs> I've never seen it. What's, tell me about it. I've never seen it either. I've just, I mean, I've heard that. How did this get made? And it's such, such an infamous movie. Okay. Um, I just, is it racist? Because it gives me racist energy from afar. No, it's not racist. It's just like, it's oh. a Marlon Brando film that, and he was like, Oh, oh he, yeah. Like, the script and like they, they made a documentary about it because it was like I've heard this episode. Yeah, I feel like that was not that. I feel like that was that like the '90s remake or something. Uh, there 
Oh, because the one that they were talking about was like in the '90s, and I feel like there was like an older. You're right. Okay, there there probably wasn't originally. You're right. I think this was the remake. That that's the one that's like crazy. (laughs) I did listen to that. How did this get made? And it sounds insane. And who was talking to him? Some girl that was in it was Bruce Bolt. Bolt. And he's like, "Don't worry, we got paid. Like this isn't this is nothing. This movie sucks. Like yeah, yeah." She wanted to talk to him about their roles. She was like, "Can we like get into it? Can I talk to you about?" you know what you're thinking and he's like absolutely not like listen to me baby like this does not matter this is bullshit he literally didn't read any of his lines like that yeah well it did sound pretty bad i definitely want to watch it so as i mentioned yes there was a number two there was a number three mm-hmm. and there was also a reanimator the musical an american stage play of it that first hit that first happened in 2011 at the Steve Allen Theater in Los Angeles, California. It starred Graham Skipper, who's a friend of the Dread Podcast Network originally, and eventually would go on to win the LA Weekly Award for Best Musical. Variety at the time said that they had never seen anything like it since Little Shop of Horrors. And yeah, uh-huh. that's what I assumed it would be like, is like a Little Shop of Horrors mixed with an Evil Dead the musical moment. Yeah, so I wanted to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds to me like Reanimator the Musical is to LA what Evil Dead the Musical was to Toronto. If I'm not fully incorrect, I think Evil Dead the Musical began in Toronto. Like, I think this is its home. Oh. Yeah, did you ever get to see it? I didn't, and I'm I'm mad I didn't get to see it because it was such you a phenomenal. You never saw it? That's crazy to me. I know it was such a like everyone did it was such a phenomenon, but I just kind of missed the boat. Yeah, not yeah. again. That's so funny. I loved it, and in fact, I remember I used to listen to the music like fairly like I had that going on in the background. I yeah, I'm a big fan of Evil Dead the Musical. I think it kind of went to off Broadway for a little while and just like kind of didn't happen, which is too bad. Oh. But it's really good and it does sort of come back every once in a while. I think it's happening in Oshawa at some point uh-huh. and I someone- would go. Would you go? I would kind of go too. I, go. I know someone that I believe is in it. Her name is Allie Chapel. She is in the horror world. We are a stan and I would see her in it. So keep that on the on the on the docket, Oshawa. So can I maybe give you a bit of a seminar on Please. the unmade house of reanimator? I would love love a seminar. Holy crap. Um keep it in your pants. Okay. <laughs> so director of part two and part three, Brian Uzina, I'm sorry if I'm not saying that correct, mm-hmm. originally was developing a more of a Dr. Moreau inspired sequel mm-hmm. that was going to be titled Island of Reanimator. Um, but that was never meant to be. And then years and years passed by and a whole new fourth film was in development uh, by the title of House of Reanimator. And the basic gist for House of Reanimator was that Dr. Herbert Rust was going to be reanimating the president of the United States of America. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so he was going to be in the White House. Um, Yeah, so this was going to be like a White House set House of Reanimator. And it was going to supposedly be the first in a brand new trilogy of Herbert West stories. So Brian Uzina was attached. Writer Dennis Paoli was also on board to produce and I believe write. And do you have any guesses of who they had in mind or maybe even officialized to play the role of the president? 
Oh my god, no. I would love... I'm very excited to find out, though. William H. Macy. What? <laughs> yeah, to what I understand. I don't know how official this is, but this is what, it, this is what I has been reported. never guessed William H. Macy. Uh, yeah, and, and this was 2006, and it was very, very much going to be inspired by the Bush administration. Okay. Um, because okay. The, the creators and writers were very anti-Bush. They were very anti the Iraq war. Huh. And that was all kind of what was inspiring this this new sort of reimagining of Reanimator, which is wow. kind of funny because it's, as sad it is to say, right now where we're sitting, the Bush administration kind of feels quaint in comparison to what we've just survived with the whole Trump fiasco. I want to say, though, I agree. And I think it's because Bush was just, like, better at being a nice face. Whereas if you really go into the things that he actually yeah. did... Though, oh, hor- horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. He was but just, like, like, a better figurehead. It was less like, trustful to survive, though. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, as a, as a civilian, like, as a, just a citizen, yeah. just hanging out, like... I was less concerned for the apocalypse on a daily basis. Absolutely. I always thought Bush was like a silly, dumb little man. And it was what was scary was going on behind the scenes. But he was, whereas Trump is a horrible piece of garbage monster. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why thinking about this as like a a satire or sort of a reflection on the, on the Bush administration kind of is like, well, girl, just you wait, wait another 10 years. Um, and one of the reasons that this iteration didn't actually get made is because the Barack Obama administration kind of oh. took over and it just like didn't feel like the right time for this production. Mm-hmm. And then it just That's never good. happened, which is kind of too bad. Um, there was some quasi official promotional art that we will be adding to our socials that you'll be able to check out. Ooh. Yeah. And so as I was saying, so the producers, even at the time, were kind of worried about ruffling feathers over the White House themes. And they didn't know if people were going to take it as just general political satire or if people were going to get, like, really okay. angry about it. Get all so, like, yeah, okay. Like, not our president. About- <laughs> well, yeah, which was even you know, an issue back then to a lesser extent. But can you imagine like a zombie, like a, like a scary zombie William H. Macy as W. Bush? I think it's hilarious and amazing. And I'm really mad that didn't happen. I know me too. And to what I, to what I believe this was going to be the first time that director Stuart Gordon, who directed the first film, which we have seen recently was coming back to actually produce it. So the second film was not directed by Stuart Gordon. It was um, by the producer of the first one, um, David Yuzima. I'm so sorry, everyone, that I'm saying that wrong. And then he, that person also directed the third. And the third one's from 2003 and takes place in a prison. So Herbert West is like a prison doctor, I believe, and doing weird experiments. Oh. I could be wrong. I saw Ooh. it in 2003, so like, don't. I kind of like the concept of that. Yeah, it, it was. A, it's a prison sequel. It's like um, yeah. all very contained, which is I always like. I like a bottle episode. Me too, especially in a horror movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Can you think of any like good bottled horror movies off the top of your head? Well, I you know the first thing that I thought of. It's funny is, is well one Shutter Island, even though it's not really a horror. Movie, <laughs> thought of it, but um, not that it's great. But but also Halloween H two O feels a little bit like that too. Kind of, like a little bit. Not, I mean, it's all like there's a lot of the mini locations within. I would say something like Cube 
was is a little right, bit more yes, in line with really that. Really, that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe kind of dead end. Yep, totally. Saw, right. yeah, Saw is a big one for sure. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It's easier to do with plays than it is with film. Yeah, you might as well just do other locations. You're kind of forced to do it in plays. Brian Uzina, yeah. Um, as I said, Brian Uzina is the one that was the spearhead for the first film he's sort of the reason the first film got made he was the one that's like a big genre fan and really wanted to get reanimator done as a feature but Mm. he did not direct it um he did go on to direct some interesting uh horror in the 80s after reanimator including a very bizarre 1989 like satire horror by the name of society have you heard of that no yeah i don't know much about it i've never seen it although our sister podcast right here on the dread podcast network kim and cat stay alive maybe did a really good episode on society lately and you can check that out without actually having to see it yeah there's a scene in society the movie where like a butthole has a face and that is all i need to say to you i want I never needed to know that, but thank you. Yeah, butthole face. Better than seeing it in real life. Yeah, it's a butthole face, and it's come to you from outer space, and it's like pretty <laughs> scary. Um, yeah. Before we wrap up, there was going to be the original sequel to Reanimator, which was uh being thought out by Stuart Gordon, mm-hmm. and it was going to have a very similar plot. House of Reanimator, although in the late 80s, early 90s, they would have done the same thing, but with the Ronald Reagan administration instead of the George Bush administration. I think that would almost be funnier. I don't know very much about the Reagan administration. I I know he's no good, though. Horrible piece of garbage. And his wife was horrible, too. Um, I don't like to hear that. I don't like to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, But he just had a funnier voice, so I feel like it would help with the funniness. Do you just know that because of Family Guy? No, I mean, I know what Ronald Reagan sounds like. I don't. I could not tell you. Really? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, you would, sure. for sure. I'm not going to do it because that's going to be horrible. I'm not doing do it. I would love to have Jules Bruin doing a Ronald Reagan impersonation on this podcast on this <laughs> on this day. Uh, yeah, no. Um, it's not going to happen. On a scale from 1 to 10, what would... Oh, no, let's say out of 5, what would you give the original reanimator so okay uh i like to give a scale on like how much i enjoyed it yeah so i'm gonna give it like a 3.5 that i i I did enjoy it that's pretty classic would you ever watch the sequels yes now that you said the way you explained them yeah i um i didn't i I thought i assumed that bride of was just going to be like that poor woman getting like naked again but with reanimation goo in her but no. uh, not then I'd watch. Oh, can I tell you one little thing fact that I have for you? Yeah. So again, my brother was like, "Do you know how they got the liquid to be so glowy?" And oh, that's I was a really like, good no. question. And he was like, "It's it's it's the insides of a glow stick." Oh, of course. Know, right. <laughs> I mean, but I still don't know how they would have. I still don't know the inner workings of the inside of a glow stick. To be honest, no, but I mean, all they did was got a bunch of glow sticks and just opened them up so that it would be glowy. It does look exactly like. It that. does. I made me laugh. I was like, of course, that's what it is. Um, I don't know about the first one, but the second one actually had its uh, world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival in nineteen ninety. Whoa! I know, isn't that cool? That is cool. What would you give it out of time? Out of five, sorry. I have to give this one a four. Mm-hmm. I have to give this one a four. It's just such a classic right yeah. it's just yeah. so good yeah. 
and it's it's scary, it's funny, it's silly, it's just and I, and the cast is so good. And honestly, the, the the effects are so great. Like I just and the effects are incredible. Yeah, I th- am I? I'm gonna look this up right now. So there was a famous um, special effects person from the '80s that went by the name of Screaming Mad George. Okay. And I think he did the effects for this. Uh, give me a sec. Mm-hmm. Maybe not because I'm not finding it on Wikipedia. But yeah, he did do Society, and I feel like maybe he. I think he did this as well. Yeah, there was this famous like um, special effects artist from the '80s that went by the name of Screaming Mad George that did a bunch of these '80s horror movies, <laughs> and he's definitely someone that you want to investigate because he's quite the personality. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I looked it up. Who did the special effects for Reanimator? It says Toby du- Dublin. Dublin. Oh, we don't know her. Yeah. So. Sorry. Never mind. Sorry, Screaming Mad George. Wool. Yeah, George. <laughs> wow, I almost insulted him. That was bad. How dare you? How okay, well, yeah. dare I? Yeah. So, so that's it, pretty much, for House of Reanimator. Do we think, in our hearts of hearts, because what we decide goes, of course. That this is ever going to happen? Do we think we're going to get to see House of Reanimator in the future? You know, I would say no, but I think because it is such a classic, I could see them knowing that it's going to get views because of this like cult mm-hmm. consciousness of it all. Mm-hmm. So I think it's possible that they could kind of revamp the the, the franchise. I think so too. I don't think we're ever going to see House of Reanimator or any right. kind of a uh, canon sequel. Mm-hmm. But I'm absolutely flabbergasted that we haven't seen a reboot or a remake of some kind yet on this yeah. classic franchise. We've seen things a whole lot less famous get revisited. So I don't know why this one hasn't yet. And I would like to see it happen. Yeah. And the inevitability that this does get um, rebooted, who do we want to see in the role? Oh of Mr. Gosh. Herbert West. Oh my gosh. I know. It's a good question, right? It's we kind of got question. some of these answers earlier when we thought about Joshua Corngut's type. You're right. You're, I guess it could be any of them. I mean, I think that um, out of those guys, uh, Elijah Wood would do a, is really good. Elijah at Wood would do so good. Although he's supposed to be a um, a student, right? He's supposed to be like... Oh, um, right. But it's a medical student, so they're, they are older. I know, but Elijah Wood is like 45. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't huh. know who young people are these days. You know, like, you know who could be that uh, the guy who was in. I, I think he's so hot. He was in uh, the the new Halloween Kills. He's like the boyfriend in Halloween Kills. Oh yeah, that's and an interesting he, pick. He's also in Love, the show. Anyways, I think oh, he, you knew of him from Love? That's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not Love. Oh my god, not Love. Sorry, I meant you, the show, which is way more embarrassing. Oh, he's on. That's. Wait, wait. I'm gonna say honestly, Jules, that's less embarrassing. Thank you. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yes, I I really liked this season of you. Um, uh, okay. anyways, he was in it. Mm, you know who I think should do it? Yeah, please. All right, I have to look this person up. Um, because I don't know the name, but I think it's gonna be a good one. Are you excited? Of course. Are you like nervous as it's gonna blow your pick out of the water? I mean, I know it's going to but I'm not going to be offended. Okay, I keep putting this person in every and all of my reboots, but I think, I don't know why I see it. Did, have you watched the new One Day at a, One Day at a Time on Netflix? 
the one no, with, the one with I know you are, but I haven't. Yeah. Okay, so there's like the the queer daughter on it. Her name in real life is Isabella Gomez. If you guys are, if you know her, look into her. She's incredible. Uh huh. She would be a really good. Uh, a, a, like uh, Henrietta West or something. Oh, I love that you're making it a girl and I suck at making it. I know, I right? Don't, aren't you embarrassed that you didn't you, think of it first? You did that to me because you were like, what's my type? I hate you. Um, I also want to say, <laughs> sorry, um, that the guy that I was saying, his name is Dylan Arnold. So just so that people... Oh, I can only see him in the Halloween movies, which I didn't think he was so incredible in, but... No, I, he was just really good in you. And then I rewatched the Halloween movie recently and I was like, he's like a fun horror guy. You rewatched Halloween Kills? I did. Did. Oh my god! So I know. people are not aware because I the didn't episode didn't come out. But um, me and Jules did end up seeing Halloween Kills together. It's a very yes. polarizing movie in the world of horror. That's interesting. I thought it was so fun. Um, I loved it too. I gave it a solid three and a half stars on yeah. Dread Central officially. Wow. So I can't take that back. I that's can't. right. It's in fucking paper. Well, not paper, but it's in blood. Yeah. Yeah, it's in blood. Uh, it's in bloody blood. I, I definitely threw my vibe. It was fun. It was a fun movie. I love. I love that I mean, it held up it on your second film? watch. Yeah, it did totally held up. And it wasn't just like us having fun in a movie theater, which could have been the thing. Mm-hmm, that's true. Um, Jules, I'm done. Yes. Okay. If you want to be found in the world, okay, where would yeah. you be found? You could find. How, me how would we find you? I mean, you could find me on Instagram if you want to. Um, oh. It's, it's it's a very long username. It's Jules Rules Your World, but with an underscore in between every word. I love that. And is yeah. your spelt like normally your? It is, it is, it is. But it's not, sorry, okay, okay. it's not, yeah, it's, it's the regular, it's the right It's not word. you are. It's, no. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Jules Rules Your, your World. world. Mm-hmm. And if you live in Toronto, that might sound familiar. You may have seen that yes, in public bathrooms. Yes, I places like a child. <laughs> you know what I write? books oh, <laughs> do you want to explain that story to the developmental yeah, audience our friend i don't know if i should say i don't want to say our friend bah um our, our friend who's an amazing wonderful person i don't know if she wants to be named though who are we um, talking about tess oh this is tess tess hi tess hi tess <laughs> it is awesome. um she i love it I'm like i don't want to say her name um she dated this guy who was like a real piece of shit um and he he tess. was he was awful and he would like tag the city and his tag was books because then if people would be like what do you write he'd be like i write books but you're really depending on people to ask you what you write rather That's than specific. what you tag or what you, like is that and is that exactly what the way people ask does that there's was that no the language? way there's uh, no what i do never you write books yeah, like books. In, and then even if you get to say that once like is it worth yeah. it no i will tell you i have seen books tagged all around the city of toronto i have so. too i have too he really did do it <laughs> you know what gotta give it to books give it to books because he can write <laughs> that one word that one he knows how to spell it so good and it's just in like you know like it's always in it's not even in graffiti it's always in like oh. silver marker yeah you know that one kind of silver marker that's up truly heinous in the anus? You know that one type of silver yeah, marker that I'm talking about? Yeah, the is, like, palpable, it's, yeah. It's horrifying. It's like, what is this? I'm like, if I get this on my skin, is it going to, like, melt through me? What is this? <laughs> it's like mercury, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like pure mercury. It's kind of the energy that it gives me. I know exactly what pen you're talking about. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back with another episode of Development Hell. 
Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.